What is up? Hello there. My name is Jessica Patching Bunch. You can call me JPB. And this is Brain Body Resilience. This is a podcast dedicated to growth, human development, and stressing a little bit less so you can go ahead and live a little bit more. Hello and good day to you. I'm JPB. This is episode number 91 of the Brain Body Resilience Podcast. I am so excited to be here today with you, as always. Before we jump into today's episode, I have an announcement. Today, or the day that this comes out, Monday, July 11th, 2022, the doors are officially open for a group coaching program that I am incredibly excited to be a part of. I am generally awful at promoting my services on here or really anywhere else, but this one has me all kinds of fired up and I want people to know about it. This group was created by Dr. Tori Williams, who is a uh, doctor of physical therapy. She invited myself along with a strength and conditioning coach and then a dietitian to create a whole human approach to navigating life after sport. And this program is for former athletes. And that doesn't just mean that you were competitive or that you, you know, competed collegially or any, anything like that. It just means that you used your body with intention to pursue a goal. And that was a concern of mine. And she asked me as a former athlete and I thought I never like was really competitive because I was too scared to compete. Um, and I always kind of discounted myself as an athlete because of that. So, That's definitely not what this is. It's not only if you were in competition, but I am incredibly excited to be part of this team of women bringing together a program for you as this whole human person to address nutrition and strength training and injury and rehab. And then of course that stress management piece, um, which is my part, um, because there are so many body changes and, judgment and self-criticism that can come with that and navigate an injury and how to properly train and how to properly fuel and how that training life looks different. So if you are at all curious, go to the link in the show notes and get all of the details. This is going to be amazing. And I am so, so grateful to be able to share it with you. So let's get into today's show. As I look around the world that I navigate in, I see an abundance of anger and a lack of compassion. And I want to explore that a little bit here today. I've been kind of thinking about this in different scenarios. And so I kind of piece them together, trying to make it make sense. One example that really stands out to me is when I see people driving like shit in traffic. (laughs) Things like stopping in the middle of the highway and turning on their blinker because they need to be in the other lane. And my first reaction is not like, you know, it's more curiosity, but like, what are you doing? Get out of the way. Like, why would you think that you can just stop traffic because you need to get over? It's always kind of been my driving philosophy that if you can't get in your, you know, the lane you need or you miss your turn, you have to keep going to figure it out to get where you're going instead of causing everyone around you to stop and facilitate your needs. But this is what I've been seeing so much of in the last year, maybe two, kind of since people have started coming out into the world again after, um, 
you know, COVID shutdown things loosened up. And I am kind of just in disbelief when I see this. Like, is this really happening? And and why? What is what is causing this complete lack of consideration for people around you? And I've been seeing this type of thing over and over and over again. And I know that Portland drivers, or maybe just Oregon drivers in general, are not the best. But come on. So after seeing this so many times, I started to think about the stress response and how that affects our brain's ability to pay attention and to make decisions and rational judgments and focus on anything outside of us that is not immediate in that moment. Um, so that is where, that's where my head goes when people drive like shit in traffic. Uh, <laughs> just a, just a sneak peek into, into my brain. Um, so more on that in a moment, just more examples of, of a few things here that I've really noticed just like really recently. I, I heard a story about people talking about how excited they were, um, or not excited, just like how they were just waiting. They were ready to have their concealed carry permits for handguns. And they were just like asking for somebody to give them a reason to shoot them. Like, like, I don't know what kind of flex you think that is, but like, you're just waiting for a reason to murder. That's not a healthy, well-adjusted, safe state of mind to live in. Like, you're always in fear that you'll need to murder, but not even like in self-defense or like that kind of thing is going on around you. You're just like, try me, see what happens. <laughs> like, that is not a, a, a safe state of mind to live in. And I'm talking specifically about a location where, you know, that is not a thing that happens. I know that there are places that have regular gun violence. That's uh, very much a, a constant worry, a very real part of life. And that is another issue altogether. Still not a safe state of mind to live in um, with constant fear and anxiety. And then that anger. So, we live in this time and place in the world where we are constantly being exposed to this kind of like fear mongering from our political parties trying to manipulate the population to make choices aligned with specific agenda or idea. And I'm speaking specifically to the United States right now. I know that that's not unique to us, but I'm looking at kind of my current environment. And there is, in fact, actual bad shit happening every single day that is also fear-inducing. So I see all of this fear and anxiety and anger being carried around in these meat suits that are human bodies walking around the planet. And I read something, and I wanted to share it. It said, anger is fear turned inward. We are afraid of what is inside of us. And I'm going to repeat that because it really hit me when I read that. Anger is fear turned inward. We are afraid of what is inside of us. And that hit me so hard because it makes sense to me. Because there's so much unresolved trauma that we avoid and cope with but never address or process. And there are varying viewpoints about fear um, within like the field of psychology, whether it is a secondary or primary emotion. I feel like secondary makes sense, so I'm going to run with that. Um, and a secondary emotion is an emotion in reaction to another. So anger is expressed to cover up fear or embarrassment or hurt or anxiety or shame and others. Um, 
And so my interest here is the fear, anxiety, and shame. This is a strong combination of really shitty feeling f- feelings, emotions, and these feelings in particular are not ones that we have been taught to show or to process or even to acknowledge. And many of us learn that anger is more acceptable than fear or anxiety, and anger is powerful. Anger is our defense mechanism to those other more vulnerable feelings. So let's talk about fear in the brain. When there is that threat stimulus, which we know can be anything uncertain out of our you know, perception of control, uh, something new, it's not always a threat to our life, but whether it is a real physical threat or a psychological threat, just something we kind of, whether it's in our internal or external environment, the amygdala doesn't know the difference. And the amygdala, again, is that emotional control center in your brain. So there's a threat response triggered from whatever it happens to be. And the amygdala signals the red alert to the hippocampus, which then starts that stress response in the nervous system. And then your cortisol and your adrenaline start flowing. And depending on your level of body awareness and ability to pause and be present, which is very difficult for a lot of us. And then also factoring in your levels and duration of stress activation previously, your frontal lobe can and may make an assessment of that threat stimulus and make a judgment on whether it is necessary or not. But the kind of caveat there is if your system has been chronically exposed to fear and stress and elevated state, it is possible that your amygdala has actually become larger, become a little bit stronger and hijacked control from your frontal lobe actually cutting off access to the higher level cognitive functions, like I mentioned earlier, decision making, planning, attention, judgment, empathy, compassion, all these things. So it only makes sense to me that with the elevated levels of stimuli from constant screen time and distraction, seeing all of the threat and danger all over the world in the palm of our hands, which we are not meant to know about your nervous system was only designed to handle the threat and respond to the threat in your immediate environment. And so, you know, we've talked about that previously, but that along with a global pandemic, where it was very real global threat, um, and very, very close to home as well. Um, you know, just all of the things we're seeing people being murdered in the street by cops, people being mass murdered by people with assault rifles, wars, poverty, increasing rent to the point where we can't, uh, afford homes, decreasing availability of goods and services, the loss of basic human rights for over half of the U.S. population, all wrapped up in leadership in many places telling us what more we should be fearing. There is plenty of threat and danger to keep us in a state of fear, all jacked up on stress hormones and unable to make rational decisions. So we're all walking around here scared, fearful, anxious, and angry. And so what do we do? Like with everything, we focus on what we can control in this moment. And we're not, I want to make that very clear that we're not kind of putting aside things and saying like, oh, I can't make a difference. Like we're fighting for things, but the things that we can immediately control is ourselves. Is the world ending? Maybe. I don't know. But they've been saying that for long enough time that I'm going to keep living my life while I'm here. In this moment, I can choose to manage what I can and focus on what it is that I can control. 
That's the only way to get shit done and not completely lose my mind. I read something recently that said, um, it's not possible to make time for anything. And so what we actually need to do is to take time away from the thing that's not helping us or not useful. And I'm going to tie this in, but I really appreciate that. And it's a little bit of a new perspective for me because I've previously said that we make time for the things that are important to us, that we value. But this is true. We cannot make more time. So we have to take time from the things that are not benefiting us, that are not helping us to feel in the way that we want, that are not contributing to building a life that we want to live in. And you can't live your best life in survival mode. So if we focus on switching from what we fear to what we can give, what we have to give the people around us, ourselves, the world, because contributing something positive is easier than removing the negative. So instead of focusing on what we need to remove or do less of, it's much easier to do, uh, to, to make that shift in perspective and intention to what we can add more of. And we see this all over in, if you talk to a nutritionist or dietitian, they're going to suggest that you add things instead of trying to restrict and take things out of your diet, just adding more leafy greens, more healthy fats, more of the foods that we should all be eating. We see this in attention. If we are trying not to focus on something, it doesn't really work. We have to shift and add more focus on something else. And the same idea, your brain doesn't register negatives. And by that, I mean things like I'm not going to do XYZ, or I don't want XYZ. What we're actually doing when we focus on what we don't want is just that we're focusing on what we don't want. And it's much more effective to just focus on what we do want. And this sounds like wildly simple, right? It doesn't come naturally or automatically to those of us who have a chronically activated stress response or fear state. My therapist told me this years ago, and I remember being so blown away that I hadn't gotten there on my own. It's so simple. Just like, what if you focus on what you do want? But sometimes we just need to hear it in a way and at a time that it can get through. So with all of that, the whole point of that, you know, taking time away and switching that perspective, I leave you with this offering to help you start giving more instead of feeling urgent about what you need or what you lack or what you don't have. Instead of fueling that fear, we're going to add gratitude. We're going to add positivity. And I don't mean like, like, I don't even like using the word positivity because I just think about like "Mm, positive vibes only. And that's absolutely not what this is about. Joy. That that was the word I really wanted. So we're going to add more joy. We're going to add more gratitude because fear is useful. It's a feeling. Anger is useful. It's a feeling. Anxiety is also useful. It is a feeling. These are all feelings that we have the capacity to feel as humans. And so if we have the capacity to feel them, we are meant to feel them. But there has to be balance, right? We are meant to flow in and out of all of these different states of being human without getting stuck. And so when we are surrounded by all of these reasons to be fearful, to be anxious, we have to be intentional and place our attention and our intention on the things that we do want, replacing these 
putting more of what we do want into this pile. And so we've talked about breath many times, so I'm not going to get into all of the details about why it's helpful on a physiological level. You can go back and listen to previous episodes about that, but we're going to focus on the exhale alone today, especially in times when you feel like you are having trouble slowing down and even having trouble getting that air in, feeling a little bit panicky, place all of your attention and intention on your exhale, breathing out slowly until you've pushed all of that air out of your lungs and your diaphragm, and then just release and let that air flow in, let go, and then focus all of your attention and intention on the next exhale, bringing your belly button into your spine as you slowly push air out and make space for that new air to come in. And again, release, let go, let your belly and lungs fill with air, And when that naturally stops, pause for just a moment and return to that exhale. Set a timer for five minutes and try that out when you're feeling a little bit panicky or before bed to activate that rest, calm, repair state. And that goes along with that theme of focusing on what we do want. Giving instead of worrying about receiving. Adding something to our attention instead of taking it away. We're going to focus on what we do want, which is that long extended exhale to engage our parasympathetic nervous system, to calm us down, to help us press pause and choose joy and gratitude over fear. Because we know that fear and gratitude do not cooperate. The parts of the brain that deal in these two, these two separate things do not operate simultaneously. And so we're not repressing our fear. We're not ignoring it. We're allowing it to exist, and then we're offering something else as well to fill that up, to fill ourselves up. So my challenge for you this week is to give more than you take, to look for places to choose love over fear and compassion over judgment, and to add what you want instead of taking away from what you don't want. That will naturally happen when we focus on what we do want, when we focus on giving, and when we focus on choosing love. Thank you, as always, for being here. If you found this episode useful, please rate and leave a review, share it with friends, do all the things. I am so grateful to hear from y'all. I love hearing what resonates, so keep that coming. And remember to check out that link to the former Athlete Fortitude Group Coaching Program for um, the six-week program that I introduced at the beginning. Doors open today. So if you have any questions, all my contact info is in the show notes with that link. Let me know. I hope you have a wonderful, wonderful, beautiful week. Until then, see you next week. Peace out.